are the homegirls. Everybody, we're the homegirls, and today we're going to be talking about an issue that is very real, but also is a little heavy and intense. So stick with us because I think this is something we all think this is something that um, everybody, all agents and probably all entrepreneurs go through this time of year. And that is scarcity, beginning of the year scarcity. So, um, you know, this is something that happens to every single real estate agent that I've ever spoken to. Certainly happens to me every single year, I think happens to all four of us, but you know, you come off of whatever, whatever your year, you know, so we just finished 2019, whatever your year looked like previously, whether it was a good year, maybe you're coming off your best year ever, or you're coming off of a bad year that you want to be better. And you get into this place somewhere between, I think usually fourth quarter and into January, February, where you go, oh my God, now I have all this pressure to perform again and do it again and make it another best year ever or another better year and you get this kind of scarcity mindset creep that gets in there and everybody starts to panic um, and I know even as a team leader and a team owner you'll have an influx of buyers agents or people that are having a panic about scarcity in their personal career that all of a sudden decide that it's a great idea to join a team at the beginning of the year because they're in such panic mode about what their year might look like and you lose them like come second quarter because they realize that they're fine and they had their own business going but you know they just they get into that scarcity mode um and i think you know the the four of us are our top producing agents and i think we wanted to talk about this and how it happens in our own lives and then also the fact that nobody is immune to this this happens to everybody whether you're a mega agent or just starting in the business this is a real issue and i think it's good for people to know that you're not alone so jess tell us about what your end of the year was like this year and how you felt going into 2020. so i came off my best year ever um, for 2019 and so right now i'm very much caught up in the I have to do better. I have to be better. I have to find more business. Um, and in doing that, I find myself, I'm, I'm unbelievably stressed out and I don't really know why. I sat down the other day and I was comparing this year's calendar to last year's calendar. And I have the exact same amount of business going on right now as I did in January of last year. But I find myself panicking right now in a way that it's hard to even explain. And I think real estate agents or really any small business owner understands how I'm feeling right now it's hard to put into words and it's hard to articulate where that's even coming from. You know that you're going to be okay in your heart, but there's something that's triggering this need to be better. Um, and so for me right now, it's, it's almost put me in panic mode, right? Where you can't do anything and you can't get out of this. We had this conversation earlier this week where I said, I just need to put my head down and ignore everyone else and get something under contract because I need to get moving for the year. So out of curiosity, you said something that I find really interesting. You said, I know I'm going to be okay. So in all of your years in the real estate business, have you ever not been okay? No. And that's, that's why it's funny to me that we get into this scarcity mindset and we're so scared that we're not going to be able to move forward or things aren't going to be okay because history has proven I'm going to be fine. But I always go back to what if this is the one year that someone doesn't call me? What if this is the one year that 
all of the things that I've been doing that I know that work and that bring me business all of a sudden magically aren't working this year. Um, so where do you think that comes from? That fear? Um, you know, I think for me personally, it's that fear of, I always want to be better than I was the year before. I don't care what anyone else does. It's, it's about me. Um, and so for me, it's that driving force and that fear is what propels me forward. And so I've made the decision to lean into that fear versus I let it drive me in a certain way. You know, people let it drive you to doing nothing. I make it drive me to keep moving forward. And so I think if you don't have it, that's a problem, right? Like right. if, if I, you're all of a sudden not afraid and you're not preparing and you're not trying to make it the best, the next best year that you've ever had, mm -hmm. then we have a bigger problem, right? Agreed. So I think that it, if you're not having those feelings that it's not normal, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's not normal because I can't imagine living in a real estate world where I don't feel this way. So right. I don't know any different. So it's totally normal is what we want to get across. Right? <laughs> well, complacency, just like Angela said, is the killer of success, right? The second Absolutely. that you get too comfortable, you're in trouble. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So even though it's like an anxiety causing evil little monster that almost kills the entire industry every single year, in some ways, I think you're right. Yeah, it's a good thing. Kristen, what was the end of your year last like last so year? So I came off of a year that it was our worst year ever. So the last five years, we have been going up and up and up and up in business. It's been fantastic. It's been great. And then 2019, we hit rock bottom. Mm. Um, our production was down almost 40%, wow. which is super scary. And like Angela and Jessica was saying, um, don't get comfortable. That's what I did. I went into 2019, like, I got this. I don't, you know, I don't need to worry about it. I got this. Well, that kicked us in the butt. Uh, 2019 was an eye opener uh, to never get comfortable. The scarcity this year for 2020 for me is to not get comfortable, to get out of my comfort zone and to find more business. Cause I do not want to have a 2019 ever again. What do you think caused that? Um, having a big head, getting comfortable, not picking up the phone and calling expireds, not picking up the phone and calling for sale by owners. You know, for the last four to five years, people were calling us, people were giving us leads. I didn't have to, I didn't have to find the business. Mm -hmm. And then last year around May, June, July, where it's supposed to be crazy busy, it wasn't, it was not crazy busy at all. And looking back, I looked and we were too lazy. We didn't do anything. So lessons to not have that scarcity mindset is to not get comfortable, stay out of your comfort zone. Well, that's brave of you to admit, and I'm thankful that you admitted that because we've all also had those years too. I would say my 2019 was like a weird combination of both. In some metrics, I had one of my best years ever, and then in some metrics, I came off of the year not happy with myself and feeling like I was complacent and could have done more, um, but it's funny. I've been in this business almost 19 years. I don't think I've ever had a year where I wasn't losing my mind with scarcity going. Usually I do pretty well going into the holidays. And then January 1, I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. God. What about you, Angela? Well, last year for me was a little bit different and hopefully it'll never happen ever again. Um, 
I basically stopped selling homes for five months um, and took over a different position and moved my entire brokerage. So I own my own real estate brokerage. And I decided that the next progression in my career was to take over a larger brokerage. Well, things didn't work out the way they were explained. We'll just say that. And so I no longer was able to sell homes for five months. And so that was a big transition for me. So as soon as I realized that wasn't a good fit, going back and hitting the pavement and getting back into the groove of things and doing the, the right habits, um, I was able to end the year having the best month I've ever had closing 20 transactions. I've never done that in a month before in my life. I don't recommend it, honestly. Um, for one person, it was really stressful. <laughs> um, but getting back into my, my groove and my habits and going back to that has always helped me get out of whatever bad situation I was in um, when it comes to not having enough. I would always go back and follow the formula that I've had in place and just follow the systems that I've created and I'll be okay. I mean, that's a pretty big pivot to go from not selling homes to closing 20. I think like how, where, right? how'd you turn that around that fast? Well, I think it was the oh shit moment of, okay, now what do I do? Right? So I go from not selling any houses at all to I've got to get out there. And if I did that every month and I, I worked as hard as I did in December, um, I probably wouldn't have to work for a few years next year. You know what I mean? Like it, if you work that hard in one month to make up for those losses and you do that every single month, um, you'll be running a brokerage and owning a, a huge team very quickly. Um, I just knew what I needed to do to get it done and to get a good result. I didn't expect everything to drop in the bucket all at once. So we had a pretty big market shift that happened also down here in Colorado Springs. So that helped a bit too. Um, but I think it's just not having all of your eggs in one basket. So I've got other companies as well. And when one of them slow, the other ones are busy. So I diversify my stuff so that I'm never stuck. So, so, so does anybody want to talk? Oh, sorry, Kristen, go ahead. No, it's okay. I just want to, do you guys see the common theme here? Like, do, do you see like we figured out our failures and we didn't stop? Like yes. for, the, for the newbies in, in the business or even for the mega agents still in the business, just because you hit rock bottom or just because you don't have anything coming in, you don't stop. You keep going. That's the common theme here. Like we all recognized our failures. Mm -hmm. We all recognized, oh my goodness, what did I do that stopped the business coming in? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes a good agent essentially because we figure out our failures. I, I think, think it's that discipline too. We're absolutely. all really disciplined. In oh business. yeah. And but so she's know right. something's not working, how to fix it. Like, yeah, correct, really quickly once you yeah. see it happening. But I feel like it was a, it's a weird year for a lot of people because I saw a lot of yeah. mega agents or really big producing agents that I've known, even team owners for a long time coming off of 2019 also feeling like it wasn't a great year. Um, and honestly, like I think a lot of us have been in pretty brutal burnout for a few years because the market all across the country has been just so frantic that we've been running at this really, really crazy pace yeah. and we've been working really, really hard. And, you know, obviously we've all enjoyed the fruits of that labor, but it has been um, harder than I've ever worked in this business for sure the last couple of years. So I think that's a big part of it is a lot of us just went like, oh my God, I need a break yep. for a second to breathe. But it was a weird year for a lot of people, I think. Right. Yeah. 
what does that scarcity feel like to you guys? Like how, how do you notice that starting to creep in? What happens? I generally just stop sleeping as well. And I start to just have general feelings of anxiety kind of all the time. And I just feel this immense pressure to get up and do more. But I'm curious if it's the same thing for everybody else. It is for me. Um, I, and then I feel like the more pressure I put on myself, the less I'm getting done in a day. And so I have to go back to, you know, again, the basics, right? I go back and I chunk it down. Here's the goal for the year. Here's the goal for the month. Here's the goal for the week. Here's the goal for the day. And I go work my way backwards and I put, you know, five, 10 tasks in front of me that I need to get through today. Because if I get through these five to 10 tasks every day for this week, I'm going to be able to get X amount of leads or X amount of business or listing agreements. And so I get overwhelmed with that scarcity mindset. And the only way for me to deal with it is to chunk it down and to take it step by step and, and minute by minute. Um, how do you deal with it, Angela? Um, well, I was actually going to touch on yours. So Jess is one, of, I think probably out of all four of us, she's the only one that's a list maker, maybe Lindsay too. Um, I don't make a whole lot of lists. Kristen's like, I haven't seen a list in 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jess definitely makes lists. So if you're that side of the brain, like definitely talk to her. You know, there's probably nothing, Lindsay has a list. Um, there's probably nothing more satisfying for people like Lindsay and Jess than right? checking those things off of the list. So that's the only thing that's quantifiable to be able to tell them I've done what I was supposed to do today. Right. right so that's right. a really good way to, to see that. For me, I know that there's some scarcity going on. If I'm not going a thousand miles an hour, if I have a free day, mm -hmm. that means something wrong is happening in my life. So um, it's very awkward for me to have a day off and I don't really know what to do with myself. I mean, so if I have a day off, for instance, here's what I would do. If I didn't have anything on my, on my agenda for the day, I didn't have any appointments, I didn't know what to do, I would definitely go do something. If you just sit around for one day and do nothing, then it's going to start becoming a habit on day two. And that's a recipe for disaster. So day one, if you have nothing to do, go look at some model homes, take some photos, talk to the salespeople, get a feel for what inventory is coming up, what incentives they have, um, go learn about their construction, do something and be active on social media. Because if you get complacent and you just sit around and you do nothing, it's not going to end well. Um, you're probably going to have the worst month of your life. If you start that habit of just sitting on your butt for one day, you'd be surprised at what it does. Just look at, the reason why the first quarter is always tough for us realtors is because we rest on our laurels for the last month mm -hmm. and we all decide we're going to go on vacation for the month of December, right? That's what most realtors do. Well, what happens in January? You have no deals in the pipeline because you haven't worked. You haven't put the time in. So why would you get, you know, the same result that we would have, right? If the second you stop working, the results stop happening. It's pretty simple to see where the break in that is if you go back and, and look at it. So, right. Uh, for me, the scarcity is I, I, I get stressed. I get this little knot in my stomach. Um, again, 2019 was the worst year for us. And I think that was the first year that I actually felt anxiety. I've, I've a person who's never felt anxiety before. And I did. And I felt depression. I've never had any of those two in my life. So I knew once I hit that spot, I had to go work out. I know that's crazy. I know that for some people, it's like, well, why didn't you pick up the phone? Why didn't you start calling people? Because I went back and I started figuring out my best year ever. I was crossfitting five days a week. I was eating healthy for the whole year. And that was the best year I had. 
and it's another form of getting out there and getting business. So I made sure to start hitting the gym constantly. I made it an effort to try and eat healthier. And then like Angela said, if there's a day where there's no appointments and you're sitting there and you're like, why am I not busy? That would tell me that I need to pick up the phone and start calling my sphere. I need to pick up the phone and start calling all of my friends and family and saying, hey, do you know anybody who wants to buy or sell? Because that's for me too. I'd look at my schedule and be like, I don't have anything on my schedule. Why? What, what's, why? So I would make sure I'd work out in the morning and get to the office and start making those phone calls so I could get busy. Well, and just to touch on that, Kristen had 14 listing appointments for the month of January. So, I mean, that just goes to show that she knows what works for her and her business and she's back at it. Well, that just shows you what I've been doing the last three months is now paying off. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, okay, two things really quick. Um, because I do think that the burnout has kind of weirdly led to this scarcity that we're all feeling because it's been easier and we've been so busy that we all, I don't want to say slacked, but took things for granted and took a little bit of a break. And I, I think we needed it, but so two things, what do you do self-care wise when you're feeling really burned out? to avoid getting to this place where you stop working and then you're in scarcity. And then what do you do when you're in scarcity to get your ass back up off the couch and back to work? What works for you? I mean, eating my feelings in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Like every day for me. So this is like, okay, so here's the way it goes. I'm seeing a pattern. Burnout, eating too much, scarcity, need to be on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> the real estate cycle. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's another reason how you know, that's a way that you know that you are in scarcity and you're having a hard time is you're putting on an extra five pounds and you can see it. So true. Yeah, so true. Or in burnout, I get really, I get really bad when I'm in burnout because I'm like, just feed me the fastest, easiest, yep. heaviest thing that I can get like as yep. quickly as possible. So I get there both ways, but okay. Burnout so other than the eating hardest thing way, for me, like, I feel like with burnout, I, when I try to do self-care, I feel a tremendous amount of guilt mm -hmm. when I take care of myself, which makes no sense whatsoever. Why? Because we're so used to taking care of everybody else. Yeah. Anytime okay. I allocate to myself, I feel guilty because. I'm the same. Okay. The same way? No. Absolutely. I am not. Me either. <laughs> Oh, we're balanced. You'll yeah. be able to identify with one of the four of us probably all the time. So, um, no, I feel tremendously guilty about it because, you know, I'm just, I'm the last one. I'm, I've always been the last one to get taken care of, right? I always put myself last. I always put my family first, my clients first. And ultimately that causes the burnout, right? But I don't learn from that lesson ever. Um, you know, so for me, I don't do that really well. I don't go to the gym and that's a choice. I don't feel like it. So I don't go. Um, but taking care of myself, like I'll go get my nails done, I'll get a massage, but going on a long vacation, it's almost worse to go on a vacation for me because then I have the anxiety of how many people do I have to call back while I'm on vacation or can I actually take a vacation or can I trust the person I put in charge to take care of everything while I'm gone? That's the anxiety that I get and then I can't actually enjoy it. Wow, okay, okay. Have you, have you thought about other self-care? Have you thought about going outside of your box for 2020 and doing a little bit something different for self-care? Like what? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to the gym. That's a different box. I'm not going to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right think self-care has to always be like the gym right. on vacation or a massage. Like sometimes for me, it's a 20 minute conversation with my best friend, you know, carpet yes. time in the day where I'm taking time for the people in my world that are neglect. I mean, really and truly like we neglect the people around us constantly. I mean, I think we can yes. agree that we get into work mode and everyone around us is neglected. And sometimes they're a victim to our work ethic. Right. And so part of that self-care is nurturing those relationships so that that way, when, you know, you, you just need to nurture those relationships. So for me, sometimes it's sitting on my back porch at one o'clock in the afternoon, having a conversation with my best friend or sometimes one of you guys, right? Like I call you Absolutely. guys. Um, so you know, I don't think it has to be these big, huge, long things. I think it's small things throughout the day that maybe will help the burnout over the long haul that I think maybe we could all probably focus on a little bit more. I will agree with Jessica on that. Like for me, cause I work with my husband, I see my husband 24 seven. So for me, it's like, I will text my girls and I'm like, okay, we need to go to dinner. I need to have a night where I could just bullshit and get everything off of my chest. That to me is self-care. Like, mm-hmm. oh, amazing. That's been a, a huge game changer for me over the last years, having the three of you in my life, people that I can commiserate with and that understand, um, and that I can just talk to and be really honest and authentic about what's going on with me. So I would definitely say um, probably first step to getting out of scarcity for me is, so I am an isolator. I'll run to my little island and hide but getting off of my island and finding somebody to talk to has been a big, big game changer for me this year. I'd say for me, getting out of burnout or out of scarcity is genuinely, we all laugh about me being OCD and super type A, but for me, it's getting back to having a schedule and it's live and die by the schedule. And it's get up, take my son to school, go to the gym, come home and I work until I pick him up from school. And so once I get back into that routine, it's, because again, it's back to the routine for me and it's back to doing the things I know that work. And so then I'm automatically getting out of scarcity because I'm working, right? So. What would you say to somebody who is in maybe their first couple years as an agent and who hasn't been through this cycle of ups and downs? Um, we're not even talking about like market ups and downs right now. What we're talking about is mental ups and downs. And this business, if you talk to anybody who's been in it for a really long time, is probably 90% mental. I mean, we are unemployed every single morning when we wake up and we have to go and find work for ourselves. And if you aren't relentless about being committed to doing that, you can get into trouble really quick. And um, so Jess had been talking to someone at the title company last week who told her that in, so in Colorado, just to give you guys an idea, um, when we were in the downturn, we had about 4,000 licensed real estate agents in our Denver metro area. And right now we have about 30,000 licensed agents. So we've been through years in the last couple of years with our market, the way that it is, where we actually have more agents in our market than we have deals to be done. It's extremely competitive. And um, all of a sudden we're seeing a lot of people get out. So Jess is talking to somebody at the title company that said that like 3,700, 3,800 people in the last, was it 12 It was months? November of 18 to November of 19. So in a year, 3,700. 30, yeah, so, so 3,700 people exited the business. And I think that this is definitely um, a big part of it. So what would you guys say to somebody that's, you know, first couple years in the business that's feeling really big time scarcity, 
beginning of the year scarcity right now? I mean, honestly, for me, um, find yourself, your tribe, like whatever that looks like, find your people that you can sit and have these conversations with. Um, and that can help you when you're in these moods to pull you out and to help support you. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've called Lindsay and, you know, we've had to pull each other out or Angela and, and say, like, I, you know, I always laugh and say Angela sees into my soul when she says stuff to me because she does. Um, but those are the friends you want. Um, so for me, very first and foremost is finding a group of people to support you unequivocally in this business um, so that you don't feel isolated and like you're on an island. Mm -hmm. I think going back to the mindset thing is huge, um, especially for newer agents. Some people get into this business for the wrong reasons. You don't realize it until they have their license and they're ready to go and they're stuck and they're in the, I don't know what to do now. Mm -hmm. But if you get into this business because you're passionate about it, um, you're gonna be okay. You just need to remember that there is a system in place and we're gonna go through that in the next couple of podcasts, what your system should be, how to help you guys uh, put together your morning regimen, that kind of thing. Um, but it's really important that you follow that system and you shouldn't have any problems if you do that. If you come at this with the passion and the drive and coming from a place of providing value to the others out there in the community, you're going to be just fine. I know it's scary, but you're going to be okay. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say that if you're new to the business, um, number one, don't give up. Number two, the business is not going to fall in your lap. If you got your yes. real estate license and you think that the, the phone's going to ring and you think that your best friend or your family member is going to call you up to sell their house, you need to think differently. You yeah. need to go out and door knock. You need to go out and do open houses. You need to go out and advertise yourself. You need to network. You need to network with other agents. You need to put yourself out there. If you're not doing any of those, you're not going to succeed. Mega yeah. agents are okay with working to 40 day. hours a week and getting paid zero dollars. This is not the business for you. Absolutely. Well, and, and Kristen, you need to get yourself a mentor, somebody that you can follow and watch and yes. emulate and learn from, and probably a coach, yep. right? They're going to keep you on track and keep you accountable to your goals. That's the whole point. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, Kristen, to go back to you, how many years have you been in the business? So I have been in the business for over 15 years. For 11 of those years, I was a, an assistant. So long time in the business, one of the top producers in the entire Southern half of our state. And she's still saying, oh yeah, you have to be proactive in looking for your business. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't just sit around and wait for it to come to you. So that's, you got to go fishing. Yep. And just wait for the fish to fall in your basket, right? Yep. Correct. <laughs> so tell me about if you, okay, so Cody Gibson, I've heard him say this thing where he says, if you had to have a listing today, if you had to find a deal today and you couldn't put a sign in your own yard because that doesn't count, how would you go out there and drum up business? So let's say that you are an agent of, you know, whatever level of production you've been in for how many years, but you are having major scarcity panic mode happening right now because it's the beginning of the year. What would each of you guys do to kick your business back into high gear for this year? So for me, I would 100% get on social media, make a post, sponsor it. Um, and then I would get on the computer and jump in the MLS and pull CMAs for every single one of my clients that have lived in their house for more than two years. And then I would start calling them. Then I would go visit them. 
Um, I might go visit them at work and deliver a, you know, thing of donuts because it's my thing. Um, and then bring their CMA and say, hey, if you guys sold it today, it would, it would you know, net you about this much because I know about how much they owe. Um, and I'd give them a full CMA report. I wouldn't just call them and say, hey, now's a good time to sell. It's a good market. I would do a little bit more. I would say for me, I would be calling for sell by owners. Um, I think Jessica is the same way too. She likes the challenge and I'm, I'm kind of the same way with for sell by owners. If I absolutely had to list a property in the next 24 hours, I would be door knocking for sell by owners and calling them. Let's be very clear though, the for sell by owners stuff, like you're one of the people who taught me for sell by owners, <laughs> yeah, that's which true. I think is super fun. And I also think it's funny that I'm so, you know, kind of known as this BISBO agent and I'm, I'm actually super sphere heavy as far as my business, but FISBOs is where it's at. Like if, I, if you're saying you have 24 hours to get a listing, that's where I'm going right now, right this second. They have their hand yep. freshly raised that they want help. And here I am to help you and provide value. And I'm your, I'm your solution to all things real estate. I'd also like to touch on, <laughs> um, if you didn't do this at the end of the year, you should be doing this every year at the end of the year, but um, it's not too late to start this now. I would definitely make a big point of going back through my business from the prior year and looking at expenses, where I spent money, where I should have spent money, where I shouldn't have spent money, um, and really diving into like any superfluous stuff that I have going out there. You know, we all have a tendency to buy the bright, shiny, thing that's bouncing in front of us and try to make it work. And then three years later, we haven't done anything with it and it's still getting drawn out of our bank account every single year. So I would say I get a lot of clarity by going back through my profit and loss statement and my numbers for the prior year and looking at what is working, doubling down on that and what's not working and getting rid of it. Do you guys do that too? Yeah. So every October, Eric and I sit down and we go over our budget. What do we need to take off? What do we need to add? And we set our budget in October, not a, not a day early, not a day late. October is the month that we set our goals for the year coming up, our budget for the year coming up. Even if something comes up in that year coming that says, hey, we want you to advertise here, or hey, we want you to spend money here, we say no. We ask them to call us in October and if we'll entertain it then if we're going to spend money on it or not. So yes, October is the month that we set everything. Good for you. I would say too, um, typically you get extremely busy the second you announce that you're going on vacation. I don't know <laughs> if this happens for anybody else, but the second yes. you plan a vacation and say, I'm going and it's going to be this day, there's yeah. no busier time in your entire life That's than that so true. right then, right? <laughs> um, so I would do that. Um, plan a vacation even if you're not going. Um, and then I would also do your pop buys, you know? Do the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. So if I know that I've been super busy and I've kind of been resting on my laurels for a few months and I haven't gone and done my Popeyes and gone to see my clients, I usually go and drop them off myself. I don't have somebody else do it. Um, I go out and I talk to my clients and usually they have a referral for me that I just didn't know about because I didn't put the time in like I should have. So that's a pretty quick way to get some business too. Well, nobody asked me what I do to get out of- What do you do, Lindsay? <laughs> Come on. Um, no, I, I, I mean, you guys have all, it sounds like we're all doing various levels of the same stuff, but I just, I go back to just really like making sure to me, it's garbage in garbage out. So like, I will notice for sure that if I'm in scarcity, I've probably been listening to too much Britney Spears, just kidding. I hate Britney Spears, but you know, too much, 
like too much pop music, um, too much crap on TV, you know? So I try to really like go back to positive podcasts, positive audiobooks, making sure what I'm reading and listening to is in support of what I want. And then I'm also a huge believer in manifesting things. So I'm writing down my goals. Like I have a a notebook on my iPad that I sit and journal every night. I try to do it for 15 minutes before I go to bed and I'm writing down. I mean, it kind of just comes out like a spew of stuff, but it's everything that I want, everything that I'm expecting that I'll manifest. And I notice that when I'm not doing that, when I'm not putting my goals out in front of myself consistently, it's easier for me to slip into this negative scarcity mode for sure. Right. Yeah. There's some statistic about writing down your goals being heavily more effective than not writing them down. And I do not have that in front of me, but it works. That's what I do. So goal wise for 2020, should we share our goals? What is everybody's, what's one goal that everybody is looking forward to accomplishing in 2020? One goal? One goal. I mean, goal. I'm sure all of us have like 30 different goals. Yeah, right? we like, so many. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my one goal is like getting up an hour earlier than I have been. Like, that's not a huge goal, but it's something that for me is tough. Um, because never be my goal. What is that? Me neither. <laughs> so that will never be my goal. You um, guys say that now. You say it now. You watch. Kristen's, Kristen's up already for tomorrow. That's like. <laughs> She's my goal is up at like 4 a.m. going to CrossFit and she's messaging us and we're like, what is happening? Is there an emergency? I'm no. still up from the night before. She's just still up. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm trying to wake up at 7 a.m. I'm not trying to go to the gym, but I'm trying to wake up at 7 a.m. so I can start doing things and then taking my kids to school in the morning. So that's important for me to be able to do that. Good for you. Jess, Jess do you want to share? <laughs> oh, I was waiting for Kristen. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, I think one goal for us this year that um, I think we're ready to buy our first investment property. Um, so I think that that's something that's high on our list of priorities, just from a personal perspective, not necessarily business. And Kristen's going to teach me the ways since she owns a bunch of investment properties. Gonna, She's amazing. I'll try. Uh, funny that Jessica says that that's actually one of our goals too. So again, not trying to bring up 2019, but 2019 kind of kicked our butt. So this year we are uh, looking forward to paying a lot of stupid debt off, which we're pretty close and buying more rental properties. So who out of the four of us, who has rental properties right now? Me. I flip. I like my money I in and out too. fast. Yeah. I'm not a hold I have investor. an accidental rental. That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> when you flip it too well and somebody wants to live there forever, that's what happens. Right? Yeah. Right. But I'm no, terrified I love, of I love spending money. So there's the scarcity mindset around money, but yes. <laughs> Gotta spend it to make it, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Well, what about I, you? hold on. What about you, Lindsay? What's oh, your goal? Oh, thank you. I got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that my goal, so my 2018 was absolutely crazy and it had been this pretty wild pattern that I'd been stuck in. I mean, I shouldn't say stuck in because I'm incredibly blessed and grateful, but I'd been running somewhere between 200 and 250 units a year by myself with one oh. inspection coordinator. And um, while it was wonderful, it came at an extremely high cost to myself personally. So my goal for 2020 is to um, you know, continue to build a business that I'm really proud of, but to do it with some more leverage so I can see my child and see my family and 
see my friends and have a little bit more of, of life. I don't really believe in balance because I think if you're playing full out at anything, there is no such thing as, as balance, but, um, you know, it's supposed to be business is worth owning life worth living. And I need to do a better job at both of those. So that's my goal. So since Lindsay brought it up, what's everybody else's transaction goals for the year individually? Oh my God. Well, Kristen, you're a team, so we'll count it. Okay. I'll go. Um, our goal this year is to sell at least 75 units and to hit at least 12 million in volume. Nice. Jess? Um, mine is 50 transactions. Okay. And mine is 125. Lindsay, what was yours? Um, I'd like to do 150 nice. between a couple different verticals of my business, but I'd like to do 150, not completely by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <It's not> possible. <laughs> yeah. um, and okay. Super quick. That brings up an interesting thought. What do you do to reward yourself when you hit a goal? Little goal, big goal. What do you do? Set a new goal. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I'm like, I raise the roof. <laughs> I mean, I think the four of us are, our life is built on setting and achieving goals and then setting new ones. But I will say like what the, the thing that I do that is kind of like my reward is I go to the spa with Lindsay and we have a couple spa day. <laughs> it's like the best like relaxation ever. Um, and it's just like something that we wouldn't normally do, but I'll do it only if I'm celebrating something. I won't do it otherwise. So um, yeah, I think that having more time with you guys is, is one of my goals and that's how I'm going to reward myself this year. So. Okay. I think any high D, which the four of us certainly are high achieving people are, we're, we suck at this. We're not good at this. We're not good at um, celebrating definitely small wins in our lives. I think we're probably really bad about celebrating personal wins and victories with our families and things like that in our yeah. lives. Um, and so I think that honestly is a good goal for everybody who's listening, who is that type of personality, which if you're listening, you probably are. But, um, you know, I think that's another way to help you not get into burnout so badly is you have to, you have to take care of yourself, be a little nice to yourself. Jess, what do you do? Oh, we all know I go to the beach. <laughs> Kristen, what about you? I don't reward myself when we do. I just don't. I, I, I think is like once I hit it, I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? What can mm -hmm. I do now? Next. I don't reward myself, and maybe that should be a goal. Maybe I should do that. Never thought of it. What do well, you think, like doing that doesn't revolve around real estate? The beach. I like going to the beach. I like tropical. Not Pueblo <laughs> Beach, but like <laughs> no, like a no, Florida no. beach, maybe. Yes. Or yes. California Beach. Yes. Yeah. I saw the other day somebody at their desk has a sandbox, like a box of like beach sand underneath their desk and like putting your feet in the sand is like one of the most relaxing things in the world for me too. I love um, so that. So I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do that. That's oh my God. It would get all over your house and oh, anxiety and Jessica's having anxiety. Yes, this POCD one, obviously. You Just can, eat, you can eat off of her floor when she has <sighs> She swears there's no C in her disc, but I just disagree. Mm. I think it's in there. Yeah, so it's in there. Yeah. She's the most high C-ish <laughs> out of all of us, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank all three of you guys for spending all this time with us today. And um, the homegirls are working 
on rolling out a podcast and some other exciting things coming later this year. So we hope that you guys will continue to check back in and join us as we roll some of those things out. And one thing that we all talked about but didn't bring up is that if you're in a bad place, which happens again to all of us, it's very natural, uh, whether you've been in the business forever or you're newer to the business, reach out to a homegirl. Any of the four of us would love to support you, walk alongside you, go over your goals with you, help you come up with some ways to get out of a rut or get out of burnout and just get yourself back on the right foot for 2020. So um, if you're in a rough place, find one of us and reach out. We would love to talk to you. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.